This is a podcast from Delancey Ealing Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 in the Delancey Ealing Church building at Le Banks and Sampson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or to find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyealing.co.uk. Praise God. When we come together to cheer as one, we know what happens. Yeah, we're going to talk about being together. We're going to talk about being one today. And so I wonder if you've got your Bible, um, we'd like to turn to um, John's Gospel, chapter 15, and um, verses 9 to 17. A familiar passage, I'm sure, for a lot of us here today. John chapter 15 Verse 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I have learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. The advert that we just watched, and um, I've got no commission for Visa, just to let you know. Um, The advert that we watched a moment ago had the narrative, when when we come together to cheer as one, we know what happens. And through a series of images and suggestion, This advert leads us to the instruction, go world. And I want to say to us today, go church. As we come together as one, as we come together and cheer as one, we will see the power, we will see the purpose of God demonstrated before our very eyes. There is power in unity, there is power in being together, there is power in one. In a a peanut's Um, cartoon. Uh, Lucy demanded that Linus change the TV channels, threatening him with her fist if he didn't. What makes you think you can walk right in here and take over? Asked Linus rather bravely. If you know Lucy and her character, that was very brave of him. These five fingers, says Lucy, individually they are nothing, but together when I curl them, into this single unit, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold. Which channel do you want, says Linus. Turning away, he looks at his fingers and says, why can't you guys come together like that? 
You know, there's so much more that we can achieve. So much more that we can achieve when we do things together. I recently listened to a, a sermon series by Paul Scanlon of Abundant Life Ministries, Abundant Life Church in Bradford. And the title of his series was Collaborative Thinking. I don't know if you've listened to that or watched that on, on the God Channel, maybe. In, in it, he talks about the power of collaboration and of doing things together. The power of doing things together, of collaborating resources. And he, he goes through a whole list of all these things and websites and initiatives in the world today that uh, are about doing things together, about pulling our resources, about being as one globally. Uh, and um, I don't know, I looked up some of these um, websites, some of them you may have heard of, some of you may not have heard of. But uh, there are many examples of, of, of people all around the world doing things together and coming together as one. Have you ever heard of homeexchange.com? Anybody heard of that? Well, homeexchange.com is a, a website, a very big website, where you can put your house um, on there uh, for people to come and stay in your house for free, whilst you then go and stay in their house for free. So it's a great way of doing things together, a great way of having free accommodation on your holiday. And if you look on there, there's some amazing places in some really lovely, lovely locations. And in fact, there is, a, uh, there is already, a, I know there's a Christian organization that, that do this, where you can share examples. So if you want a cheap holiday, all you need to pay for is the transportation, and you can stay in someone else's house, and they can come here and stay in yours. I'm sure you'll probably have a lot of takers having a Guernsey house. So that's homeexchange.com. A lot of you will be familiar with linkedin.com. And uh, this is a, bi- a business networking, um, it's like a social thing, but it's a business networking website, media. Um, I know some of you are already in LinkedIn because I'm LinkedIn with you. And that's all about linking together as business people, um, maybe sharing resources um, and sharing ideas and um, sharing the skills that you have with other people. Facebook and Twitter, massive, massive uh, websites now. You may love them or you may, may hate them, but whether you love them or hate them, they're not going anywhere. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, and that is a whole thing about doing things together, about networking together. You know, just this week I was talking to Becky Haldane, who we just prayed for, and, and we're uh, where we're going out to Haiti, I was, I was speaking to her on chat on, on Facebook. That's amazing, isn't it? That even though we're like thousands of miles apart, we were just chatting on chat together on Facebook. You know, these websites have broken new ground in sharing information and sharing ideas. That's another example of collaborative thinking. Another thing I looked up was zipcar.com. Anybody heard of zipcar.com? Well, zipcar.com is another uh, way of collaborative thinking, is a way of, of sharing resources. A lot of people, especially in, in the London area maybe, or in the city areas, they have cars, but they don't use them from Monday to Friday. And so you can put your car on zipcar.com, and, pe- and you can hire out your car to people to use whilst maybe they're visiting the, the city, you can, they can come and you make money off your car that's normally just sat on the driveway all week. Zipcar.com. Working together 
with other people unlocks some extra finance as well. What about, um, there's not so much in this country, but in the States they have um, tool lending cooperatives. And so, I don't know about you, but I've got quite a few tools, quite a few power tools, quite a few big tools. And maybe, you know, for instance, I, I put a, a fence up. And to, buy that, to do that, I bought a, a big sledgehammer. But I, I rarely use my sledgehammer for the rest of the year. Maybe I've used it twice. But I can hire out my sledgehammer to people. Or, or your power drill, maybe. Maybe you, you bought a drill to, to put some shelves up, but you don't use that drill very often, do you? You can hire it out. So there's many things that we can see about coming together. Examples of togetherness, of, of sharing, and um, doing things together. We can also look to the natural world as well for lessons on the power of togetherness, the power of being one, <coughs> the power of being united. Just look at the unity of the beehive, for instance. Um, as the church, we can learn some amazing lessons from some of these natural um, occurrences in our world. On a warm day in a beehive, half of the bees stay in the hive and flap their wings. That's what they do for the day. And, and whilst the other half go out and pollinate and, and gather. And then um, because of the beating of their wings... In the beehive, the temperatures inside the hive is about 10 degree, cooler, 10 degree cooler than outside. And the bees rotate their duties. So one day they may be um, um, in the beehive, buzzing away, and the next day they'll be gathering honey, making honey. And so there's a great example in bees, and there's other lessons we can learn from bees, about teamwork and togetherness. Dolphins, if you know anything about dolphins... Dolphins are also a great natural example of working together in unity as one. Um, it's amazing what some of these um, pods of dolphins do. They will come together. Different pods will come together. Different um, strangers, stranger, stranger dolphins will, will come together and to catch food to eat. And so they, all these pods will come together and they, they, they trap the, the, the schools of fish and, and then they take turns in going in and taking a feed. And this is, you know, they're working together, they're united. And of course there's ants as well. Amazing insects. The Bible talks about ants and the work of the ants. Amazing example of unity and working together. And ants have, have, have long been of great interest to mankind. And they've taught us many lessons about working together. Ants are social insect, insect, insects uh, because they live and they work together and, uh, in communities. Here they feed, they protect one another, um, they raise and care for their young. Uh, life in an ant colony is very organized. Each member has a job to do from laying eggs to gathering food to fighting. And these examples of, of oneness in, the na- in nature, in the, in the 21st century, in, in, in the global highway of the internet, show us some examples, some illustrations of coming together. As we come together, as we cheer as one, as we are one together, as we are united And so we come to 
this passage in John chapter 15. This passage for me, as, as I understand it, or one of its lessons that we can learn, is all about togetherness, of being one. Jesus says, he is the vine, we are the branches, and we are, we are one together, and we are to remain in him as he remains in us, with us. It's all about remaining. And so from this passage that we read, I want to pick out three things. Firstly, that we are to remain, uh, Jesus tells us to remain in my love. He tells us to obey my commands. And he says, love each other. These three things, I believe, are important for us as we strive, as we yearn to do things together as a church, as the people of God as we are one, as we come together to cheer as one. Verse 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Remain means to continue to exist. That's if you look in the dictionary, it says to continue to, ex- to exist, especially after other similar or related people or things have ceased to exist. We remain. The word remain hints of an idea that after all things happen in our lives, then we are to remain. We sing a song, don't we, about the love of God. After all the things that we go through, his love remains. Even though we may go through troubled times, the Lord instructs us to remain in him. Because if we remain in his love, whatever may come our way, we can endure it. We can endure it because of his love. This is togetherness. This is being one with the Lord. This is unity and togetherness in its purest form. If you read the passage, the the chapter 15 of John, you will see that the word remain... um, is used ten times in chapter 15. So I think Jesus is definitely trying to tell us something here about the importance of remaining in him. And so we, as the church, must take note, must listen to what Christ is saying to us. What does he mean? Why are we are to remain? And what does that mean to us? It's so important for us, as followers of Jesus, to remain in him. You know, last week uh, I talked about the need to pray for deliverance. If you were here, I I finished um, the sermon on teach us how to pray. And we looked at the last um, part, which was deliver us from the evil one. To remain in Jesus is paramount in our walk with God as followers of Jesus. And in our defense against the evil one, we must remain in Christ. We must remain in his love. He is the true vine. We are the branches. We are one with him and we are together. This whole chapter is all about being one and working together. God does not want a church full of mavericks trying to do their own thing and not working together. He wants unity in the church. He even tells us in Scripture, doesn't it, that there is, where there is unity, he commands the blessing. There is blessing in remaining 
in remaining as one in Christ with each other. The enemy, he tries to tell us a different story. That you would do better on your own. Or he stirs up rebellion and dissatisfaction, which leads to criticism and gossip. We are to avoid these things at all costs. We are to be one. We are to work together. Jesus teaches us that we are to remain in his love and in him. We are to love, he says, as he has loved. And we cannot do this if we try to do things our own way and without others. We must remain in his love. Verse 4 of chapter 15 says, Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Remain in me. So remain is used a lot in this chapter. And I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Just as a branch on its own cannot bear fruit, so we too cannot bear fruit on our own. We need to remain in his love. And we need to be collaborative in our thinking. We need to be as one, one with God and one with each other. Verse 16 tells us that we have been chosen, that we have been appointed. We are part of the church of God, and so we must work together. Like a colony of ants, we all have parts to do, we all have parts to play, and we are to do them together as one. In one of the, if one of the ants, for instance, decided that he didn't want to do his job anymore, he didn't want to be part of the colony anymore, he, he would soon starve. It would soon starve and it would soon die because it would no longer be, remain in the protection of the colony. Likewise, we have been called to be part of the church of God. And the moment we try and do things on our own, we soon run into trouble. And eventually we will no longer remain and drift away from the church and from God. We need to remain in his love and with each other. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus cannot be any clearer on our responsibility as followers of Jesus. We are to remain in him, and when we do, we will bear much fruit. Are you bearing fruit? Yes? No? If you are, that's great. You're fulfilling the promise of God on your life. He has chosen us. He has appointed us. If you're not bearing fruit, maybe you have to have a look at whether you are truly remaining in him and his love and working as one with others. God's promise... It's clear in this scripture, Christ's promises in scripture here is that we can all bear fruits. That's you, that's me. Remain in my love. Verse 10 says, If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. We need to obey his commands. Christ 
gives us an instruction here. Obey my commands. So Jesus gives us the answer to achieving the point of this chapter, the point of remaining in him, the point of being together. If we want to remain in his love, if we want to remain in him, then we have to do something. We have to obey his commands. Simple, really. So what are his commands? So some of the commands that Jesus gave, the first one we will all know very well, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20. Possibly we don't even have to look it up. Hopefully we should know this one. Matthew 28 verse 20 says, uh, let's go from a bit, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The Great Commission to go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And again, even in these words that we just read from Matthew 28, verse 20, we see Christ telling us again, it says, teaching them everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always. There it is again, remaining in him, and Jesus remaining with us. Christ is with us at all times if we remain in him, if we obey his commands. In John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus tells us a new command. A new command I give you, he says. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We'll look at that in a little bit more detail later on in my third point, love each other. As well as loving each other, we are told in chapter, John chapter 14, verse 15, this, Jesus says this, if you love me, you obey what I command. So Jesus, Jesus commands to us that we are to love him. Not only do we love one another, we are to love Christ. Acts chapter 10, verse 42, we see another command. This time, Peter is speaking. Acts chapter 10, verse 42 says, He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and of the dead. He commanded us, Peter says, as followers of Jesus, as his disciples, and we are his disciples, we are his followers, to preach to the people, to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. We are chosen, we are appointed to preach the good news to tell the good news to all the nations, as he says in the Great Commission, to the ends of the earth. But we are to testify. We are to testify of his great love. We are to testify of his transformation that he has done in our lives. And that goes in with what I've always talked about, about telling our story, about testifying of what Christ has done in us, making Christ known 
This is our command. This is what Jesus commands us to do. If we are to remain in him, we have to do these commands. 1 John, verse, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23 to 24 tells us of another command of Jesus. And he says this, And this is his command, to believe in his Son, Jesus Christ. And to love one another. There we have it again. As he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Remaining in him is clearly achieved when we obey his commands. And there was a short study on the commands of Christ. Let me challenge you this morning to obey his commands and therefore remain in him. For if you want to be happy, if you want your joy to be complete, then you must remain in him. Because Jesus says here in verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That sounds good to me. To be joyful, to have the joy of the Lord, to have complete joy. Remaining in him and obeying his commands looks more and more attractive and more worth it. Jesus has given us gems of knowledge here in this passage in John chapter 15. He's given gems of knowledge to his disciples and therefore to us. Of understanding Christ. We need to take notice of them. We need to take heed to them and understand them and apply them to our lives. And so to my third point in verse 12, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do, not, if you do what I command. My command is this, he says. Love each other as I have loved you. Verse 12. We are commanded by Christ to love each other. And in this dialogue, he introduces a new aspect of loving each other. And one that goes in with the theme of togetherness, of remaining, of doing life together, of collaboration. Jesus tells us to lay down our life, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's a big statement. Big statement. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. When I read this, it talks of surrendering of surrendering our agendas, of surrendering our lives in order to love each other. It should be a natural part of our lives as followers of Jesus to work together and to lay down our lives in order to fulfill the mission of Christ, to obey his commands. I believe as we remain in him, as we work together as one, 
as we surrender our, our agendas, our ideas, that we don't put things that we want above others. I believe as we do this surrendering, we will see the, the, the mission fulfilled that Christ has given us as the church. <clears throat> surrendering should be a natural way of a Christian's life. One of the greatest hymns written, one, one of my favourite hymns, is I Surrender All by Judson W. Van Deventer in 1896. Let me remind you of the words of that hymn. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him. In his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Saviour, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken, take me, Jesus, take me now. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Saviour, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender, make me, Saviour, holy thine. Let me fill the Holy Spirit, truly know that thou art mine. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Saviour, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. Lord, I give myself to thee. Fill me with thy love and power. Let thy blessing fall on me. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Saviour. I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. Now I feel the sacred flame. Oh, the joy of full salvation. Glory, glory to his name. Wonderful words and a lifestyle we would all aspire to. This hymn is about us surrendering all to Jesus and be willing to lay down all that is not of him and live in our lives only for him. Jesus tells us that there is no greater love than to lay down our life for a friend. Jesus is serious about this command, to love each other. And as we do that, as we lay down our lives for others, as we lay down our lives for Christ, as we lay down those things that maybe really aren't as important as we think they are, as we fulfill this command to love each other. Those three words. Jesus' command to us, love each other. And we see these three words and this sentiment throughout Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 9 says, Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. And I urge you this morning as a church, as Paul urged that church in Macedonia, I urge you today to do so more and more, to love each other more and more. 1 Peter 4 verse 7 says, The end of all things is near, therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. 
offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. It's talking about surrendering, laying our lives down. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The gifts that we have given are not for us. They are to be serving one another. This is, again, talking about togetherness, of being as one, as coming together to cheer as one. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And then 1 John chapter 3, verse 11, a great passage on love. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. John is being clear here. He's talking about remaining again, using this. Anyone who does not, re- does not love remains in death. Strong words there. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Christ, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Great lesson on collaboration there. If anyone has material possessions, sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if, your heart, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's command lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Jesus' command is clear. Love each other. I started this sermon with the video, Go World, and the tagline, when we come together to cheer as one, we know what happens. Jesus says that we are chosen says it in John 15 there where we read it. Jesus says that we are chosen, we are appointed by him to be his, and we are to remain in him. Our lives are not our own, but they are his. He is the vine, we are the branches, and so we are all in this together. As we come together, As one, as we come together to cheer each other on, as we obey the commands, the command to love each other, we can be sure that our joy will be complete and that we will be fulfilling all that Christ has planned for us. 
This is only done when we see that all this must be done as one, together in unity, working together as the church to achieve his plans and his purposes for mankind. The purpose of today's sermon is to remind us that we are to remain in his love. To never drift away or try and do things our own way. We are in this together and just as we are to remain in his love, we are to remain together at all times. Also, to remind us that we must obey his commands. This is a basic requisite of of the Christian life. As followers of Jesus, we must obey his commands. And also reminds us of the great command is to love each other. Love each other. We must never, ever neglect this. And even goes, Christ shows us to lay down our lives for each other. Remain in his love. Obey his commands. Love each other and surrender your lives to Christ. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Maybe we stand to our feet. I don't think we need to finish with a song. Let's stand to our feet and pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for your word and the truth that it holds for us. As I stand here holding your word, your truth, the lessons that you teach us, I pray that we as followers of Jesus will always take note of your words. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will love each other in all that we do. May we come together to cheer as one. And we know what that means. That means that we will be successful in our lives as followers of Jesus. It means that we would make the name of Jesus known. It means that we were lifting Christ to the highest place, lifting you to the highest place, Lord, as we cheer each other on together. I pray that you will continue to use us as your voice in this community, Lord, that together we will see great things happen in your name because of your name. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Delancey Union Church. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelin.co.uk.